This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Hey Joe, how are you doing? Things are good. Things are good. Happy to be here. Hey, thanks for uh, coming on to the podcast. I have a few questions about your career as a NHLPA, uh, and I wanted to get your insight into how students uh, like myself could potentially pursue the career and uh, what you uh, have to say about what you're currently doing. Uh, so for starters, maybe tell me a bit about yourself and uh, tell me about what you're currently working on. Yeah, so, you know, I'm uh, born and raised uh, in Winnipeg. Um, hockey was always a big part uh, of my life growing up, like most Canadian kids. I, you know, played hockey, minor hockey here. I uh, was fortunate enough to play junior hockey, um, played three years in the Western Hockey League. And then uh, following that, I did, uh, you know, played at the university sports level here at the University of Manitoba. Um, and that was sort of, I guess, the time when, you know, the transition occurred, you know, growing up, going through the Western League, that's when I had aspirations of being a professional hockey player. I think everyone does. And you get to that level, you're playing with guys that, that do make it. Um, but, you know, I think the writing was on the wall at a certain point. You realize, you know, I, I was decent, but I wasn't sort of good enough to, to play at the National Hockey League level or the professional level. So uh, my focus switched um, to school, um, which was great. Uh, did my undergrad at the University of Manitoba um, with sort of the aspirations and and the thought process to work in the hockey world. Um, I'd always been very much pro player in my viewpoints as a player. I was very fascinated by the business side of the game. Um, and that's where the, I guess the, the dream started. So, um, you know, the big thing I think is the hockey background obviously helped, but then was sort of formulating the process of, of making that transition officially. Um, and we can talk about that obviously here as, as we go. Great. Well, thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Um, you're playing hockey yourself, as you said, for a long time. Um, what were some of the uh, things that you were thinking as a player that you wanted to perhaps change about your own experience? And and if you were thinking maybe one day, oh, I, I could be an agent and then change, uh, or I would do this differently as an agent. Are there, is there anything like that that you were thinking? Yeah, you know, um, as as a player, it's 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 funny because you're really you're you're sort of singular focused, right? Um, as a player, I find, and it only gets more extreme. I think at the professional levels, is you're on a very regimented schedule. The schedule is given to you on a month to month basis. This is when you have to be at the rink. This is when we're practicing. This is when we're traveling, type thing. So as a player, you get very accustomed to basically being told where you need to be. Um, and then your job, obviously, is to make sure you're prepared and ready to play. Uh, you know the, the game portion and, and be ready for practice. So from an agent standpoint, I think you know there's a, there's a number of hats you wear as an agent. Um, every Everyone knows, obviously, you negotiate contracts, you, you know, typical agents will review and negotiate marketing endorsements, deals, things like that. I do think a big portion of our job is to ensure our players are well informed about uh, the terms of the collective bargaining agreement, you know. 
it's a it's a very long uh, agreement. Not everyone's going to read that thing uh, front to back, but it's making sure the players are aware of their entitlements. Um, and then obviously, you know, on the flip side of things, it's the day to day stuff. Sometimes, um, you know, talking to guys about things outside of the game, um, helping them with issues that may arise in their life, be a sounding board for them. Um, you know, my partner on the agency side, Matt Calvert, uh, is a longtime friend of mine. He was a former teammate of mine in junior. He went on to play, you know, 10 years in the National Hockey League. So he's, um, you know, he lives it. Um, he's been the type of guy that went from an undrafted kid in, in Bantam, you know, was a late round pick at the NHL level, had to earn his way uh, and found a way to stick. So he's great for our guys in terms of being a sounding board, um, you know, what you need to do to get to the next level. How do you differentiate yourself? Um, he does a lot of work with our players in terms of video work as well, which is unique to our agency. Um you know, making sure guys are aware of, uh, you know, different things they need to work on, um, you know, clips, you know, nowadays with Instat and different programs, you can watch, you know, every kid wherever they are and uh, professionals. So we got guys playing in various leagues across uh, North America. So that's been super helpful. And, you know, that's kind of the biggest thing for me um, when I got into the agency world is I think, Yes, obviously, we're going to do the stuff that the typical agents do, but we want to provide services and, and be a sounding board for guys in all areas. Yeah, that, that's really great. It's It kind of sounds like you're going deeper than just the traditional uh, you know, agent that you might see on TV. Like You actually uh, you want to go deep and, and improve the player, uh, not just get the uh, contract signed. For, for sure. I think um, part of it is, is always developing. I think the one thing I say to parents a lot... Um, you know, with younger kids that we're recruiting, it's the focus needs to be on development. Um, obviously, when a player gets to 27, 28 years old, they're still improving and working on their games. But, you know, by that point in time, you're, you're sort of, you know, the type of player you are is basically determined at that point. Um, but when these kids are 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, and even into the early 20s, it's like, you know, sometimes parents get focused on, oh, who's acting for who? We need an agent, that type of thing. In reality, the whole focus should be on development. What are we doing on a on a year to year basis, month to month basis to, you know, work on our skating, work on our skill work. Um, you know, obviously, work ethic needs to be there. There needs to be a passion for the game. So that's where you know we try to tend to to put the focus on and, and make sure people are, are focusing on the right areas. Because yeah, I get. I get it. Everyone at, at the younger ages wants to make the NHL. Right. Um, I did. I, you know, uh, I, I've been through that, but the reality is not everyone's going to get there. Right. Um, so it's putting them in the best position, obviously, to, to try to reach their goals and then obviously preparing them for, you know, what may happen if they don't. I think that's also part of it. You know, you have guys playing, you know, college hockey, uh, making the, the decision between, you know, major junior with the scholarship packages. So it's making sure they're just well informed on, um, you know, life after hockey, which for some guys could be 21 or other guys, it could be 37. Right. (laughs) Which is a, which is a huge, uh, huge difference. So, um, you know, that's, that's what part of our job is. Yeah, well, that's that sounds really interesting. Um, are there any traits in a player that maybe you might look for uh, when you're uh, wanting to take them on as a client that determines, or maybe you think determines, this guy is going to be really successful. He's going to be an excellent client that I can improve. Uh, you mentioned work ethic and passion for the game. Is there any uh, 
other traits like that? Yeah, I, th- I think there's two components to that question. I think if you're just looking strictly on ice, um, like from a scout perspective, um, I think the number one thing that y- you know most scouts will say is hockey IQ. Um, you know, secondly, nowadays is skating ability. I think those are sort of the two biggest areas when you're talking about a skater or a player on what they need to have. Um, every player is going to be unique, right? Some players are going to be more skilled. Some players are going to have a great shot. But those are sort of the two areas I think nowadays the game's so fast now. Um, you know, fast or rewind 20 years ago, you know, that made IQ, I think, would have always been number one because that's just so important. But, you know, some people would have said maybe skill set or size or, right. you know, toughness and right. different things like that. Where to me now, speed is such a, a, an important factor. On the second component we look for, and I think this is uh, largely um, – on the agent side is we get to know the, the family and the kid typically before we commit to anyone. And we want kids that, um, I think first and foremost have a desire to, to, to want to get to the next level and are just good humans. I think that that's, I know it's so simple, but you want to work with, with people that, um, you know, are, are, are going to treat people well or are good people. You're going to run, you know, Typically, agents uh, that are in the media, a lot of times it's when something bad happens with the player, right? Or there's a a contract standstill. You know, never are agents really in the media um, when there's something, you know, super positive going on. So so those things are going to happen, but it's making sure that, um, you know, you're doing the best possible to make sure your your clients are making good decisions. Um, And then if there are issues, is assisting them, you know, uh, with them. Yeah. Well. Thank you for clarifying that too. Um, just to go back a bit, um, maybe to your early beginnings as an agent, I wanted to dive into what the registration process was like and maybe any tips or advice that you would give to someone out there interested in becoming an agent, uh, either for the NHL or, or generally themselves. Um, is it complex? Is it costly? Yeah. Uh, challenging? So the NHL is a bit unique. So when I was in my undergrad and I kind of made a decision, you know, I want to work in the hockey world. I, I started doing a lot of research. Um, I was lucky enough, uh, the late Don Baisley, who was a Winnipeg guy, was, uh, you know, one of the greatest agents maybe of all time, um, grew up in a, in a suburb here in Winnipeg that, um, you know, I grew up and I was lucky enough to meet him when I was playing junior and how he ran his practice is he ran it out of a law firm here in Winnipeg. Um, he was a, a, a large name in the agent world in the eighties, nineties, two thousands. He had some big name clients. So, um, I, I started, you know, kind of looking at what he did, um, bit of a different era because at that time recruiting clients didn't start at such an early age but he developed a very good practice in terms of just running essentially an operation through a law firm and uh, he had some people that worked under him one of them was Jeff Kowal um, who uh, worked at TDS under him I got to know him through law school he was a, a great mentor to me just you know picking his brain. He was a certified agent for a number of years. He's no longer in the business. Um, but that's where I would recommend, you know, if you have a, a general interest of in doing it is, is figuring out, you know, what did people do to get into it? And then for the NHL certification process, uh, the catch 22, I think is to be officially certified. You have to have a player on an NHL contract. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the typical route I would say is a lot of people will go work for an agency work their way, you know, get players along the way. And then eventually once they get their own clients, they would get certified and go from there. 
what I kind of did is through law school, when I kind of knew that this is what I wanted to do, I developed the business model. I sent it to a number of people that, you know, were in the hockey world um, just to say, this is what I'm doing, kind of get my name out there. Nothing happened initially. Like I graduated in 2017 from University of Manitoba, did my articling uh, at Tapper Cuddy. And then um, it wasn't till 2019 when um, a former teammate, when I was a kid, um, decided to make a change with his agent. Um, I hadn't talked to him in several months. Um, there was an issue or, or something kind of went off the rails. He got rid of his previous agent. Um, and then all of a sudden I just kind of had a, a phone call and he said, Hey, like I'm looking for someone. I I've seen your business package. Um, you know, I, I want to give you an opportunity type thing. And, you know, when he did that, I think it was in May of 2019 and he was a UFA, uh, July 1st. Um, it was like five weeks later. So, um, at that point in time, I, you know, quickly filed my paperwork with the NHLPA. There's a bit of an interview process. I was a little bit expedited because they gave me an interim, um, status because, Basically, I was negotiating like weeks later. Typically, it's about a three, four, five month process. Um, the interview we ended up doing virtually at the time just because of uh, it wasn't in person, just right. because of how quick it all happened. Um, and, it, and it was a bit of a whirlwind because I was confident in my ability. But, you know, next thing I know, I was in Vancouver at the draft. I'm sitting down with... Uh, general managers and teams and, and, and talking. It's, wow. it, it was, it was, it was, it was great. It was a great experience. I think, um, you know, at the time it, it, it seemed like things were moving fast. Um, it's changed a little bit now because subsequent, uh, to the new collective bargaining agreement or, or the changes to, they got rid of the interview period for re uh, unrestricted free agents. So mm -hmm. now it's more of a free for all come July one. So, um, but that, that's where it all kind of began. It, you know, I there I was maybe a little bit frustrated at at a, at a point in time because I I really had a passion to want to do it, and then once I got um, the certification, that's when I you know really kind of started uh, recruiting a little bit more, and you know did that for over a three year period essentially until uh, ended up bringing on Matt as a partner, and then we ended up launching our own agency because for the first three years. I was doing it similar to Mr. Baisley. I was just running it through the law firm as uh, basically as clients type thing. Yeah, yeah. That, that's really cool. I, I didn't know that you know agents uh, got the chance to go and meet with general managers and 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 do all of that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's it depends on the situation, right? I think in that scenario, um, you know, he was a UFA a week later. I don't I don't remember the exact dates, but this was pre COVID, so July one, which I think we're we're getting back to this year. Year because since COVID, uh, UFA Day hasn't been July 1 because the calendar has been moved uh, a bunch. So, um, you know, the draft was in Vancouver that year. I, I can't remember the date. Let's say it was the 25th of, of June. Um, and so I went out there and, uh, you know, at the time, uh, he was my only client at that level. So, you know, I was trying to get the lay of the land and uh, ended up getting him a deal on July 1. And, and that was sort of the first contract uh, that I did at the National Hockey League level. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough with my partner and I, I think we've acted now for four guys at the professional, at the NHL level on NHL contracts. Um, and then we have about 10 amateur clients we work with here uh, around Manitoba that are, you know, younger guys working their way. We're, we're very uh, happy about a kid we have coming up uh, who's draft eligible this year in June. And uh, so it's, it's a process uh, as a new agency, but uh, we're having a lot of fun with it and I really enjoy it. Nice, nice. Yeah. 
Do you find that uh, a lot of players like to find an agent from their hometown, or do they maybe just go out and uh, look for any agent uh, in the country or, or maybe in a different country? Uh, I have a feeling uh, that maybe a player would relate more with, uh, like, like an athlete from Winnipeg, um, Cody Glass, for example. Maybe he would want a, a Winnipeg agent, um, and he's uh, you know be able to relate to that person and, and talk about you know the things growing up and and have a better agent player relationship. Uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, I, I think it, it's going to be different across the board. I think the at the National Hockey League level, like there's probably about five agencies that that dominate in terms of numbers. They're large agencies. They have several agents that work there and they have a, a big uh, share, let's say, of the number of players in the National Hockey League. What we're trying to develop here is, um, you're right, Manitoba, it, myself and, and, and one other individual are the only two guys uh, in Manitoba who are certified uh, and that actually live here. Um, so, you know, we're, we're targeting not just Manitoba, but with Matt and I both being here, he's in Western Manitoba, I'm in Winnipeg. Um, we believe we can, especially for the younger clients, um, provide much more hands-on service, not only being in the rinks for their games, but during the summer, making sure, you know, they're, they're accessing the proper training uh, programs with the proper people. Um, Matt will go on the ice with guys uh, in in the summer, which I just think is so invaluable for these kids coming up to go on uh, the ice with a guy who's been there, done that, um, and very current too. Like he's only 33 years old, um, but for a career-ending injury, Matt would likely still be playing. Um, so it's, uh, you know, th- those are things we're trying to do, but it's ultimately up to the player and the family. I think as a new agency, um, where the growing pain show is a lot of times when you're recruiting certain players, or I shouldn't say a lot, but sometimes, you know, there's a little bit of a reluctance from the families um, to go with a newer agency, right? right. Just because of the experience. And I get that full, fully, um, you know, as a parent, you want to put your kid in the best position and you're going to evaluate the situation. But um, the more we've done it, um, you know, I, I, I'm very confident in our abilities and, and what we provide. So, um, you know, it's going to take time. This isn't, you know, I've already been in it now for, it's approaching four years now in, uh, so three and a half, it'll be four in June, basically. Um, and it's, it's, it's taken time, but, um, you know, we're in it for the long haul. So, yeah. If there's some players out there who maybe don't have an agent and, and they're looking for one or maybe they're on the fence about even getting one in the first place, uh, what would you say to them? Why should uh, we, you know, you know why, why do you, should you take one on? Um, and specifically, why uh, Cal Sports Manager? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's funny because I say this to, to family. So nowadays, and, and this is kind of the unfortunate part of the business, is players are getting recruited at like, 14, 15, 16, uh, especially the top end guys and, and agencies will be approaching those top end kids. Um, you know, when I first got into it in 2019, I had no desire to, to watch 14, 15, 16, 16 is kind of where, you know, that's where it becomes. They're playing junior, the top end guys, you know, you're watching, but at 14, 15, I was just like, this is, these kids are, they're in grade eight, nine, they're, they're young. Um, but what I've quickly learned is like, if you're not sort of 
watching those kids and and at least being an option or making those families aware, you're going to miss out on a lot of them because they're going to commit to a different agency. So what I always say, to, especially if we're, you know, let's say we're going to a, a U15 game and there's a 14, 15 year old kid who's a top end kid, you know, our sort of thought process is like, yes, we need to make sure the family is aware of us. Do they need an agent? today no um like there's no contract on the horizon um obviously happy to discuss any sort of questions they may have with respect to you know in manitoba a lot of it will be at that age western hockey league versus college hockey Mm -hmm. um what are the differences um they may want to know about different organizations out in western canada things like that so um my advice is like for parents is you don't net you, at a younger age, you're, you don't need to be actively recruiting an agent. For the top end kids, like the reality is you will be approached. Um, there's always people watching. Um, and so those top end kids, they'll, they'll have more option typically. Um, but like the game's changed so much because like I'm not that far removed from playing junior hockey. But when I played junior, you know, I, I, I would guess – let's say five to seven guys on the team may have had an agent maybe wow. at the, at the, at the Western hockey league level wow. where now like almost every kid does. Right. Um, but like the reality is, it's like, okay, so you look at a Western hockey league team, it's like, well, more than half these kids aren't going to play pro. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's from a, 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 like a agent standpoint, it's like, yes, you want to have contacts with people that can provide you good advice that will help you along the way because there are things that pop up, but um, there's no real like race uh, to get one in my opinion. And I know that's kind of, you know, opposite of what I should be saying as an agent. No. Um, but uh, in terms of Cal sports, I think, you know, like I said, um, we're much more hands-on, I think, than most agencies. Um with Matt doing kind of the development side, the video work. Um, we have some people we work with uh, all across Manitoba and Brandon and Winnipeg that do off on ice development, off ice development. And then, you know, I deal with more of the sort of the traditional, I would say agency stuff with all the kind of, um, you know, the paperwork, any sort of, you know, for professional guys, whether it's insurance related, collective bargaining related, whatever it may be. So. Right. Yeah, I would love to talk more about collective bargaining, um, but first, I just want to ask a quick question about uh, the agent numbers that are more specifically, you've mentioned that more guys are getting agents on these leagues versus when you were yeah. playing. Do you have any uh, guesses at why that might be? Is it is it a player thing or is it something else? Yeah, I think it's more the industry is probably more competitive, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think naturally what's happened, I think, is as more people get into it, um, they realize if you're going to be in this long term, um, you have to you know, get players as they're coming up. Um, guys switch agents from time to time. You see, you know, on TSN when a top guy switches agent, it may even make the headlines. But to do it, I think the right way, you have to, you know, develop a good reputation in the business and then you get players as they as they come up. Um, so I think what's naturally happened is more people that have done it, there's no regulations. They've just kind of gone, oh, we'll go a year younger to sort of, you know, beat 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 the the next guy um and to me you know um yes uh there's a little bit of like you want to be relevant and you want people to know who you are but i say to parents you know at those younger ages it's like 
the purpose of us reaching out is we want you to be aware that we're an option. Um, this is what we provide, you know, from a very strict, uh, you know, if you looked at this very strictly, it's like, do you need an agent today? No. Um, you know, a lot of, not, not a lot, but some parents, I think, believe that having an agent will provide your client or before provide their kid um, like a higher draft status mm. in, in the Western League or whatever it may be. And, right. you know, the scouts are watching. Agents have contacts for sure. Um, they can provide and assist in a various uh, ways. But at the end of the day, the player needs to develop, improve. Um, you know, no, no agent's going to get a kid who's marginal to professional hockey, right? Like it, yeah. it, you, you have to be able to play. So like our focus is, it's like, yes, we can take care of this stuff off the ice, but like, let's, let's focus on, you know, what truly matters. Um, and every kid's development curve's going to be different, right? right? You're going to have these kids that, um, you know, peak at much earlier ages. And then you're going to have kids that continue to get better into their late teens, into their twenties. Um, so it's, it's figuring out sort of, you know, how do we assist players to, to continue that development? Yeah. I think that's a really smart way to go about it because like you've implied, it's not about the agents, it's about the player and can they skate? Can they play hockey? Can they uh, play football? Whatever it is. Yep. Um, there's only so much you can do, um, but you'll be there when they need it, when they're ready. Um, and I really like that approach that you've taken. Um, it's, it sounds like it's uh, the, the right way to go about it. Um, when you are you know doing collective bargaining, when you're handling these sorts of things for players, uh, you have a practice here at Tapper Cuddy. Uh, what are the transferable skills that you're applying uh, to your work with players? And uh, is it, like, how similar is it or how, how different is it? Yeah, I, I think, that, you know, you don't have to be a lawyer to be a, a player agent. Um, I do think there is uh, a lot of benefits to it. I think, first and foremost, when you go to law school and you kind of get through the three years and start articling, I think the one thing that you learn through that process is, is you assess situations and problems differently. Right. Your brain's kind of taught uh, how to analytically think um, and you look at things in a different way from, let's say, day one of law school. So I think, you know, that is one of the, the best skills you develop. Um, I think from the collective bargaining agreement stuff, um, I for, you know, especially early on in my practice for the first number of years, I still do this work, but not to the same extent. I did a ton of labor law um, and, and our office acted for several unions uh, around the province. And during that process, I got exposed to doing, you know, grievances, mediations, collective bargaining, obviously not for National Hockey League, um, you know, unions, but for various trades, various areas uh, and workforces. So I thought that was really good experience. I was in front of the labor board. I'm, you know, sitting in on, you know, doing, you know, obviously as a player agent, you're not going to be involved in bargaining the new collective bargaining agreement, but your job is to obviously review the agreement, assess it, provide information to your players uh, so they know what their rights and entitlements are. Um, so that, that I think experience has been awesome. Um, obviously I, I do a lot of employment uh, contract stuff here. I still do a lot of that. So, you know, that's, um, the ability to negotiate, I think you learn. I, I work in litigation, so every file there's a negotiation element at some right. point. Right. Um, so those are all things that you learn. I think um, you know when I got into law school and the hockey side was the dream. A part of me was like, 
you know what, I'm not even going to practice. I, I just want to work in hockey. Like that's, that's what I want to do. But you know, I ended up getting a, a summer summer job here at Tapapetti, ended up articling here. And, and what I quickly learned is, is A, I, I know nothing uh, on the legal <laughs> yeah. side. And then two, it was, I really enjoy the work. Um, yeah. So it's been good. It's, you know, I'm five and a half years out now from uh, graduating law school. Um, so I've gotten to a place now where I'm much more comfortable uh, on the day-to-day. I'm still learning a ton. Uh, but your first couple of years, everyone will say, it's like, it's stressful because everything you do, you don't really know what you're doing. Right, right. Um, so you're always kind of, uh, you know, uneasy with with things that you're completing and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, the, the balance has been great. The firm here has been awesome. Um, they've, you know, right from kind of day one, I told them that I had this sort of thought on, on what I wanted to do. They've been super, super, supportive um you know transitioning to now you know bringing in a partner and, and kind of having a separate business um yeah the the day-to-day from times is 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 busy uh because i'm doing sort of both hats but there's tons of time i think with the hockey stuff um you know this time of year there's obviously stuff going to be popping up with players that we currently have but we're in recruiting mode as well so um i typically i'm in rinks a few days a week um, like I'll be in a rink tonight. I'll be in a couple this weekend, um, looking at sort of up and coming guys that, uh, we potentially, uh, want to target. Um, and then we obviously watch, uh, our players as well, uh, throughout their seasons to keep tabs on them. So, um, to me, doesn't seem like work. I enjoy the hockey world. I enjoy being a part of it. So it's, uh, it's, it's a passion. Yeah. That, that's great to hear. Um, Going to rinks and, and meeting with these players, do you uh, typically go up and introduce yourself and say, hey, I'm, I'm Joe? Or, uh, <laughs> well, it, it depends. Like, yeah. I, I think when, you know, we have some consultants that sort of help us um, in terms of targeting players. Um, you know, Manitoba, the hockey community is pretty small. So we'll, we'll understand, you know, in certain age groups who the top kids are. Uh, my typical process is Matt and I will go watch them a couple of times just go and watch don't talk to anyone get a feel of what we think of the player if 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 you know there's an interest there um you know typically my my process is if the player's under 18 uh the parent or guardian will be the first point of contact of course yeah. um so we'll get their phone number you know either text or call them to set up a meeting or meet them at the next game um just introduce ourselves um and then from there um you know eventually we'll meet the player if there's if there's interest and 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 go from there so that's sort of where it starts obviously with professional guys it's a little bit different um if we get um, on that side we're not actively recruiting because most players have agents um and my sort of thought process is is even though there's maybe no written rule i don't think it's um proper to be sort of trying to poach clients um if there's guys that are you know unhappy or are contacting you because they want to hear what you guys are doing obviously you're gonna um you know talk to them and and at that point in time a lot of these guys are you know been pros for several years so you know we'll obviously accommodate those guys because yeah the more pros you get i think the more rep the more your reputation uh, and and your clientele grows, which is obviously super helpful then in the recruiting process, because unfortunately a lot of it becomes for for the younger kids. It's like, well, who do they act for, right? right. Um, yeah. And it, it's it's sort of like any business, right? Um, they want to know your experience, your background, and 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 that's part of it in the agency world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So working with players. Um, and being a former hockey player yourself, as you mentioned, uh, are you able to 
uh, do you think better be a, or be a better sounding board to them uh, than you, maybe you otherwise would have if you hadn't been a hockey player yourself? Um, are you and your partner, uh, are there maybe experiences, uh, shared experiences that you've had that other players growing up are, are going through and uh, you can relate and say like, hey, I, I've been there. I know what to expect. Uh, here's what I would do. And, and maybe, or even lend a, a sympathetic ear if, if they're just needing to vent about their career and, and, and something like that. I'm sure there's a lot of those moments. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I do think it's very helpful, um, you know, having the background and playing. I think we understand the game very well. Um, you know, Matt obviously played at the ultimate level. He's been around it. He has much more experience in terms of, uh, personal experience, right? He played American League, National Hockey League. He played up and down a lineup in the NHL, um, played for various coaches, saw different things. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do think it's very helpful for guys. Um, and you're right. A lot of times you may be a sounding board when things aren't going well, guys are in slumps, guys aren't getting the ice time they think, uh, they deserve. And I think the mindset for us is like, first and foremost, what can you do to change the course, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's a, a misconception that, oh, agents will call the coach or the general manager to tell him he needs more ice time. He needs to be playing <laughs> on the power play. And it's like, not, not for us. It's, it's, let's, what, what are you doing day to day? You know, what are the, what's the work ethic like? What are your habits uh, in practice? Like that's where the focus needs to be. Obviously, there's circumstances where things just aren't working out. Um, you know, we've accommodated trades for guys uh, over the years in different leagues just to get them, you know, different opportunities. Um, and, and there are times when those calls need to be made to, to teams. But, you know, the focus should be it's like that's sort of not a last resort, but almost it's like, let, let's, let's control what we can control because it, you know, the hockey world for 90, you know, nine percent of players yeah you're gonna get those superstars you're gonna get the Connor Bedards that you know I'm not saying he hasn't had to go through difficulties but like it's been a pretty linear progression um and he's a kid that you know got exceptional status gonna go right to the NHL um yeah he will have growing pains at the NHL at some point everyone does um but that's just the exception right like there's gonna be guys um you know they get Cut along the way, um, end up playing bottom bottom minutes, healthy scratches, whatever it is, and it's just you know uh, making sure guys are aware. It's like okay, that's part of it. It's it is what it is. Let's focus. Let's move on and 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 see how we can improve. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting point about Connor Bedard. Uh, what do you think it would take uh, to get him to join Cal's management? <laughs> you know, I, I, I know he's uh, been with an agency for a number of years. He's a special player. I, I obviously, he's not from here. Don't know him at all. Um, everyone would have watched World Juniors, I think. Uh, he's a super unique talent, in my view. Um, I didn't appreciate, I don't think, how good uh, uh, of a playmaker he was until watching. Like, I saw him play probably twice live previous to watching the World Juniors. Um, so I haven't seen him a ton. Um, but he's a special player. Uh, whoever gets him this year in the entry draft is going to be uh, quite happy, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, you, uh, I've read that you've worked with some of the students at Robson Hall, uh, the hockey arbitration uh, negotiation. Um, what was that experience like, and, and what were some of the uh, 
I guess, special moments, uh, special skills that you saw uh, coming out of those law students that you think will be uh, transferable to what you do now? Yeah, I, I that that to me was probably one of the highlights of my law school uh, career or, or time. Um, so I was fortunate enough that I went in the second year law school and third year. I, I actually went got to go twice. Um, and those were the first two years, I think Robson Hall ever sent students and, um, the, the competition's awesome. Uh, you go to Toronto, they use real players. Um, so they typically, the committee who puts together the competition, you know, at the time, I don't know if it's exactly the same now, but they would, there would be three case studies. So, you know, they would take a player. I remember one, one of them was Michael Stone, uh, when we went, I believe. And so you're assigned either team side or, um, agent side and then you have to submit a brief uh they're short briefs they're like 10 page briefs um in terms of providing a you know comparable analysis on what his value should be um and then you know the other side does the same and then you go and and you do kind of an oral argument in front of an arbitrator in toronto and the competition was awesome it it uses article 12 of the collective bargaining agreement so um obviously it's not you know, to a T, but the frameworks were very similar. Um, so, you know, I, I thought it was just outstanding. Um, the second year we did very well in the competition. Um, and, and it was just a lot of fun because it didn't seem like writing a brief on sort of, you know, an analysis of what a a player's uh, worth should be didn't seem like your typical law school work to me. Um, So no credit hours, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, I think in my third year that semester, I might have spent more time on that than I did some of my classes. But So, yeah, but it was a lot of fun. So I've helped a few times. I, I don't know with COVID... If it got canceled one year, whatever it may be, I, I have helped out. And, and what I, you know, didn't realize is like just the uh, amount of knowledge there are in law school. Like when when it, when I was there and it's not that long ago, like there wasn't a ton of interest for it. Like I think the one year, like everyone that sort of put their name in, like got to go because right. there was only like three or four people that wanted. But, uh-huh. you know, since I've started helping out you know they would tell me oh there's like 25 people that want to come to this thing or whatever it is so that it's much more competitive in terms of uh you know getting to go um but really good skill set even if you don't even want to work in the hockey world i think just like the advocacy uh, component of it along with um you know just getting the opportunity to speak and, and and to oral advocate which i think um if you're doing any type of litigation or laws is helpful. Right. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely believe that there is a lot of interest, at least with my class. Uh, yeah. I can, I can definitely uh, see why uh, that would be a very popular thing to do. Um, outside of the law classroom, you've kind of touched on this a bit, but are there any experiences uh, or projects that you would recommend a law student take up in their own time to prepare themselves uh maybe either uh, in terms of their quantitative skills or their qualitative skills uh, for life as an agent. Um, you've touched on how, you know, you would talk with Don Baisley and Jeff and, and ask about what they're doing and get their uh, real experience and, and learn from that. Um, what, what projects or, or what experiences should law students like myself today be seeking out uh, to prepare themselves? Yeah, I, I think it, it's going to be different for everyone. I do think if you do have a general interest in the hockey world, I do think um, getting involved in some capacity 
is helpful. So, you know, when I was in law school, um, I was a goalie coach and a scout for the Dauphin Kings uh, for three years. Um, so the commitment wasn't huge. I'd go out there, I think, for four or five days a month. So I'd typically, you know, go for a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'd watch teams around Winnipeg, helped out with their draft process for three years. Um Kept me in the hockey world, kept me talking hockey, um, you know, got to work with their goaltenders for three years, which I really enjoyed. Um, so stuff like that, whether even you, you know, get on scouting for a team or even shadowing a scout, um, because I think the hockey community is so small, whether you're an agent, whether you're a scout, whether you're a coach. Um, so I, I would recommend doing something like that from a skill set component, um, you know, unfortunately here in Winnipeg, there isn't like, you know, there isn't a, a ton of agents to like, you know, oh, can I go work for this guy or, 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 or do that? But I do think, you know, making sure that if there's an interest there, reaching out to, to, to whoever you can to pick their brain. Um, and then, you know, for the younger people coming up, uh, if they have a hockey playing background or they have friends that play or whatever it is, even picking brains with those guys, right? I, I did a lot of that. I was fortunate enough to play with a lot of guys that ended up making it. Um, and when I developed my business model initially, I, you know, I, I picked guys' brains and these are guys I never acted for or, or never was their agent. It was just more as a friend thing to say, Hey, like, you know, who are you with? What do you like? What don't you like? You know, you know, different types of things. Um, just to see, cause every agency does it a little bit different. Um, and there's a lot of great agencies out there, so it's just sort of getting the lay of the land, which I, what I which I would recommend doing. Right, I think that's great, uh, great advice. Um, I'm gonna uh, wrap up this interview because uh, we have taken a lot of your time already, oh, and uh, I really appreciate that. Um, but are there any closing remarks that you'd like to add? Uh, anything I didn't touch on um, as well? Where can people learn more about Cal Sports Management if you'd like to direct them there? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, thanks for having me. I think it was awesome. I, I'm a big proponent of, of, you know, law students that have interest in this field or other sports as well, right? Um, um, it, it was a big part of my sort of upbringing. Uh, it still is. I, I'm still, <laughs> whether I'm watching, talking, you know, I'm dealing with hockey every day. Uh, that's just the reality. Um, but for Cal Sports, we have a website. It's calsportsmanagement.com. Um, you know, happy if, if there's any inquiries or people want to reach out. You know, we have had some people reach out recently in terms of, you know, jobs, things like that. You know, we are pretty new still. So I, I say to people, like, we're in the infancy stages of, you know, sort of developing exactly what we're going to be. Um but at some point, yeah, we, we would love to have sort of younger people coming in and, and assisting us and even just getting the lay of the land, like I said, of how this business works. Um, because there is stuff that's, uh, super unique and different. So, um, thanks for having me again. It's been, uh, it's been a treat and, uh, best of luck for you. Second semester, yeah. uh, law school. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. You've just been listening to The Law School Show. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and now on Spotify, or on our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter for the latest updates. Human stories, new legal topics, and career-advancing advice right to your earbuds. Catch it all here.
next time on The Law School Show.